Hello, knowledge seekers. In this episode of 20 Minute Books, we dive into the depths of evolutionary biology with Richard Dawkins' seminal work, The Selfish Gene. In this groundbreaking book, Dawkins revolutionizes our understanding of natural selection, positioning genes as the central architects of evolution and framing them as selfish entities, tirelessly working to ensure their own survival and replication. Dawkins's lucid prose unravels intricate biological processes and illuminates how apparently altruistic behaviors in the animal kingdom can be interpreted through the lens of gene-centric evolution. This provocative perspective challenges us to view life on Earth not as a struggle between organisms, but as a complex dance of genetic strategy and competition. The author, Richard Dawkins, is a distinguished evolutionary biologist whose contributions have not only sparked debates within scientific communities, but have also engaged the wider public in discussions about science, religion, and reason. His other acclaimed works, including The Blind Watchmaker and The Extended Phenotype, further explore and defend the tenets of evolution by natural selection. The selfish gene is a must-listen for anyone curious about the mechanisms that drive the diversity of life, whether you're a biology student, a science enthusiast, or simply seeking a deeper understanding of your place in the vast tapestry of the universe. Join us for a 20-minute journey through the core ideas of a book that continues to shape the way we think about nature and our own behavior within it. The Selfish Gene, a landmark work in the field of biology and evolution. Introduction, The Dawn of Life, How Competition and Scarcity Fueled Evolution. Imagine Earth over three and a half billion years ago, a savage world where molecules swam freely in a warm, organic brew. Among these molecules, one stood out for its extraordinary talent. It could make copies of itself. Meet the first replicator, a molecule with the unparalleled ability to spawn duplicates, painting the prehistoric world with strokes of its own genetic brush. Now, picture a word as a chain of individual letters. In the same way, these replicators were composed of building block molecules, each one a character in the genetic text. A replicator would pull from the surrounding chemicals, assembling counterparts until a new chain, a close mimic, was formed. This original replicator swept ahead in the race for existence, outnumbering those mundane molecules that lacked its self-cloning magic. But with replication came errors, tiny molecular typos that produced offspring with variations. Some of these new replicators copied themselves faster, others more faithfully. It was a molecular battle royale, and the replicators with the most advantageous quirks reigned supreme. With the broth of building blocks getting scarcer by the moment, it's like the replicators faced a game of musical chairs. Each adaptation, each mistake in copying, made some rise above their kin, while others were left without a seat as the music stopped. Evolution, it was sparked there, from these humble beginnings, in a world where skills differed and the stakes were sky high with resources dwindling. This grand spectacle saw rudimentary replicators morph into mighty substances, ones that could break their competitors apart, recycling them into pieces for new replication. 
This was the birth of nature's first hunters. The dance of DNA continued, with improvements compounding upon improvements. Over unfathomable stretches of time, from a soup seeded with serendipity, life burgeoned into the rich tapestry we witness today. It's a narrative that can be reduced to a simple recipe. Diversity in capability and scarcity in supply. These are the flames that forge the engine of evolution, an unending cycle of creation reshaped by competition and the ever-present countdown of supply and demand. Part 1. Genes. The Enduring Architects of Evolution. Picture evolution as a game of survival. The fittest, the canniest, and the most adaptable persist, while others fade into oblivion. Yet it's not the creatures themselves holding the cards. It's something far smaller, yet infinitely more enduring. Genes. Forget the notion that evolution is all about the individual creatures vying for dominance. In reality, it's genes, those snippets of DNA chain linking through time, that are the true players in this game. They pass traits from one generation to the next, acting as both the script and the playwright dictating the diverse characteristics of all living beings. Take the striking blue of some human's eyes. That mesmerizing hue isn't singular to any one person, but shared, its essence carried in the genetic sequence nestled within countless individuals. Unlike organisms, which are one and done, genes have the uncanny ability to duplicate themselves across numerous hosts spreading their influence far and wide. Sexual reproduction shuffles the genetic deck each generation, creating a unique cocktail of characteristics, a blend of two sets of DNA into a single novel organism. But genes? They transcend this mixing and matching. They remain constant amid a sea of biological change, continuing their existence across the eons. This remarkable resilience grants genes a sort of immortality a legacy written in life's molecular language that outlasts any one organism's brief journey. While creatures great and small live and die, their genetic code carries on, sailing through time, delivering instructions to successive generations like an endless baton in a relentless relay. Genes are, thus, the central unit in the evolutionary cycle. Because they're capable of existing in countless copies, carving their echoes into the physical forms of diverse species, they attain a longevity none of their individual carriers can hope to match. It's this unique potential for near-eternal life that places genes at the evolutionary helm, steering the course of life's complexity through the waters of time. Part 2. At the heart of evolution, genes play a ruthless game. In the grand theatre of evolution, genes are often portrayed not just as players, but as shrewd strategists coldly maneuvering to ensure their own perpetuation. This isn't to suggest that genes have desires or drives, they're simply strings of DNA after all, but their inherent tendency to act in a way that increases their own likelihood of survival often comes at a cost to their competitors. They're not malicious, they're molecular, yet their modus operandi can only be described as selfish when viewed through the lens of survival. Imagine a bustling gene hotel where each room is a slot on a chromosome, a long DNA molecule packaged within a cell. Human cells, for example, boast 23 floors of this hotel, 
each floor a pair of matching chromosomes housing genes in designated rooms. But here's the catch. While the hotel blueprint ensures that each room exists as a pair, the guests, or alleles, different versions of the same gene, might be as diverse as jam-packed tourists and solitary monks. One room might house the allele for blue eyes, while its counterpart across the hall hosts the allele for brown. In this chromosomal concourse, alleles V for the prime real estate spot. If one allele manages to spread itself more widely across the population, increasing its chances of being passed on, it succeeded in the genetic power play. But this success isn't without consequence. For every allele that stakes a claim, others are edged out. It's a silent scrap for supremacy, where only one version can occupy that coveted locus at any given time. The conclusion is stark and simple. Genes, by their very nature, embody selfishness, not through intent, but consequence. As they jostle for genetic dominance, they inevitably sideline other variants, playing a game of molecular king of the hill, where the prize is continuation, and the cost is borne by those who tumble down the ladder of heredity. This relentless drive for proliferation defines their role as the masterful architects of life's diverse forms, all while ensuring that their own sequence of nucleotides marches on. Part 3. The Blueprint of Life. How Genetic Code Shapes Survival. All genes share a common composition, intricately coiled ladders of DNA, each rung crafted from just four molecular building blocks, adenine, A, thymine, T, cytosine, C, and guanine, G. It is the infinite combinations of these four nucleotides that inscribe the vast lexicon of life's designs, with each gene encoding a snippet of biological text that spells out traits as distinct as a leopard's spots or a giraffe's towering neck. Like words formed from alphabet soup, these sequences of A's, T's, C's, and G's compile into biological instructions, directives that guide the construction of each organism's physical form. When a gene sequence codes for advantageous traits, such as the longer limbs of an antelope, it doesn't just alter appearance. It becomes a deciding factor in the game of survival. The swift-legged antelope, outrunning its predators, earns another day under the sun and the chance to pass its genes along to the next generation. This physical embodiment, the gene's handiwork on the organism, is what we call the phenotype. But the influence of a gene's code doesn't stop at the organism that carries it. Consider the crafty virus, wielding genetic instructions that turn its host into a vessel for propagation. Its genes may not possess their own bodily form, yet they dictate actions within another's body such as inducing sneezing, which broadcast the invader far and wide. This is the gene's silent siren call, ensuring its spread and, ultimately, its survival. In every case, it is the phenotype, that tangible manifestation in the environment, which seals a gene's fate. It's the expression of the genetic code, not the code itself, that is put to the ultimate test, whether it can carve a niche in the ever-changing tableau of life a testament to the power of genetic craftsmanship in sculpting the ever-evolving natural world. Part 4. The Delicate Dance of Genes and Their Environments Like a couturier's fabric finding purpose only when matched with the right design, 
a gene finds success largely contingent on the environment it inhabits. Not merely the physical surroundings, like the stark contrast between a tiger's lush jungle and a polar bear's barren arctic, where a gene for camouflage may find favor in one setting and failure in the other, but also the genetic landscape it's a part of. Genes do not exist in isolation. They are players in a rich ecosystem of genetic information, a pool shared among species through the intricate web of life. Within this pool swim diverse alleles, each a unique variant of a gene, contributing to the collective cache of traits. This gene pool comprises both the specialist genes that give rise to the unique attributes of species, such as the gear for flight or the makings of a carnivore's maw, and the universal genes that knit the common fabric of life. But the triumph of a gene cannot be assessed in a vacuum. The value of a sharp-toothed gene, while self-evident for the hunter, may be moot in the herbivore's genome without the supportive suite of genes that enable the digestion of flesh. Alone, it would be like a solitary thread, vibrant but futile, in the absence of the tapestry that gives it meaning. Sexual reproduction further complicates the genetic tapestry, remixing this genetic material in each offspring. Every individual thus becomes a mosaic of alleles, a unique combination where some patterns elevate and others hinder its survival. Imagine a bird whose wing and tail lengths are determined by separate alleles. The advantage is only pronounced when both alleles are present, conferring agility and speed. A lone, lengthy feather without its complement may instead disrupt the bird's aerodynamics, a clear demonstration of how one allele's success is sometimes inextricably linked to the presence of another. Thus, the survival of a gene is attuned to the twin melodies of its physical world and its genetic companions. It's a duet of adaptation and combination, where a gene's fortune is bound to the symphony of life's varied conditions, a symphony in which every note matters. Part 5. Life's Workers Unite. The Collective Collaboration of Genes Within Organisms. An organism, in all its complexity, is a marvel of cooperation among genes. Each gene contributes a trait, maybe the swiftness of a gazelle or the stealth of a tiger, that can turn the tables on survival, making the creature more adept at passing on its genetic gifts. This survival translates to victory for the genes, seeing their legacy continue in future generations. But how do these fundamentally selfish genes come to forge alliances and build intricate beings like humans? It's a matter of shared interests. Within the confines of one body, genes ride the same vehicle towards a common destination, the successful replication and dissemination of the organism's gametes, eggs or sperm. Think of it like a crew on a spaceship where every member, despite personal ambitions, works toward the unified goal of reaching a distant planet. Similarly, the genes in a body, though inherently self-serving, align in their mission, co-creating a vessel, be it a lion, a daisy, or a human, to perpetuate their existence. And yet, this fellowship crumbles beyond the individual host's boundary. A tapeworm, snug in its host's intestines, crafts a separate narrative. While sharing living quarters, the tapeworm's genes follow a distinct script. 
focusing solely on their own lineage's continuity. They're neighbors, not collaborators, with no shared stake in the reproductive success of the host's genes. The organism, then, is a marvel of genetic architecture, a machine where the genes have mustered their blueprints to assemble a living entity. This entity, in turn, serves as both sanctuary and vessel for the genes, devoted to nurturing and dispatching the next generation of these molecular master builders. However, this genetic camaraderie within an organism raises questions about interactions among separate organisms. If genes operate through self-interest, it would stand to reason that organisms guided by these genetic directors should exhibit selfish behavior too. But life has surprises in store. There are times when organisms defy the expectations, banding together or even sacrificing their own interests for the group, hinting at deeper layers in the tapestry of evolution. Layers where altruism blooms amid the fields of selfish genes. Part 6. The Genes Playbook. Crafting instincts and behaviors for life's stage. Life teems with split-second decisions, a bird snatching a fluttering butterfly, a deer leaping into the thicket at the crack of a twig. These aren't pondered choices, but instinctive behaviors, the handiwork of genes coding not just limbs and leaves, but also the neural blueprints guiding their host's actions. When a gene spins the web of an organism, it doesn't stop at the physical form. It goes one step further, scripting the brain's responses to ensure the organism can swiftly navigate the gauntlet of life. Behaviors are the organism's immediate responses, enabling it to interact dynamically with the ever-changing environment. These responses arise from deep-seated rules etched into the brain's circuitry by the genes much like a programmer etching code into the silicon of a computer. However, these genetic instructions can't anticipate every curveball nature might hurl. The vast potential for variation means that behaviors are often guided by flexible principles rather than rigid directives. Imagine a gene's rule pushing an organism towards the sweet satisfaction of ripe fruit a dietary beacon for early human foragers. Fast forward to modern times, and these same cravings contribute to rampant health issues amid a sea of processed foods. But the genetic script is not entirely inflexible. Through learning, an organism tests the waters, remembering outcomes and adjusting behavior to fit new contexts. By storing these experiences, it refines its instinctual playbook. Moreover, simulation allows for mental dry runs forecasting the consequences of actions without ever lifting a paw or fluttering a wing. This gift of foresight is evolution's seatbelt, cautioning against perilous leaps and guiding the strategy of survival from an internal mind's eye. So genes, with their far-reaching influence, do more than construct vessels. They craft behavior, the dynamic interface between organism and environment, programming their creations with survival strategies deeply woven into the neural fabric of life. Part 7. Nature's Game Theory. The Equilibrium of Competitive Behaviors. Within the bustling communities of life, where each creature fights for sustenance and space, every interaction is steeped in strategy. As individuals vie for the same prize, these encounters can escalate to a game of dare and bluff a game where behavior itself 
is the currency of survival. Just as genes vary, so too do the behaviors they encode from the timid to the bold. Each organism's tactics are weighed in the balance of life's competitive arena. The fate of these strategies is not only shaped by their own merits, but also by the prevalent behaviors in the surrounding population. Imagine a flock where three distinct social strategies emerge. The doves epitomize pacifism, favoring flight over fight at the slightest hint of conflict. Hawks embody aggression, never shunning a clash, ready to duel till they draw their last breath or the opponent backs down. Then there are retaliators, the diplomats of avian society, placid as doves until provoked, wherein they channel the fierce spirit of hawks. Introduce a hawk into a peaceful dove congregation, and the intruder reigns, unchallenged, reaping the rewards of its boldness. As the hawk's advantage grows, its numbers in the flock swell, but a hawk-dominant society becomes its own downfall, as relentless skirmishes lead to injuries and the costs of aggression rise. It is then that the doves, once diminished, find their moment as their competitors incapacitate one another. In this shifting landscape, neither pure dove nor hawk strategies can maintain a stronghold. Each can be overturned by the other, given the right conditions. They lack what game theorists call an evolutionarily stable strategy, a strategy resistant to invasion by alternative tactics. Enter the retaliator, the judicious bird, using force only when forced. It's a measured approach, benefiting from the restraint of doves and the resilience of hawks without succumbing to the excesses of either. Against such a strategy, neither the foolish bravery of hawks nor the excessive caution of doves can gain ground. In the presence of retaliators, both aggressors and cowards find their strategies lacking. In this struggle for balance, competition breeds a stable pattern, a stasis of behaviors within a population. It's a dance of actions and responses, a delicate equilibrium poised on the fulcrum of choice, the outcome of countless decisions that could tip the scales of survival. Part 8. Unraveling the Selfish Roots Behind Nature's Selfless Acts In the vast tapestry of life, woven with strands of survival and sacrifice, we frequently encounter behaviors that seem to defy logic, selfless acts that endanger the actor while benefiting others. A mother bird risking her life to protect her chicks seems to embody pure altruism. But peel back the layers, and you'll find the same genetic selfishness subtly directing even these heroic deeds. Indeed, genes are the masters of long-term strategy, coding not just for survival of the fittest, but for the fittest survival of the gene itself. And while genes lack awareness, they embed within their hosts' behaviors that ultimately serve their own interests. Surprisingly, this can manifest in actions that, on the surface, look downright altruistic. Consider the common genetic currency shared among relatives, with kin carrying replicas of the same genes. The sacrificial act of a parent appears altruistic, but effectively promotes the prolonged journey of its genetic code in its offspring. Thus, while the adult bird may feign injury to luring predators away, ostensibly losing the chance at future offspring, it's in fact ensuring the survival of the genes already passed on. But the bonds of kinship come with a certain calculus of care. While the love of a parent for their offspring seems boundless, 
the offspring's reciprocity has its limits. A parent's investment in their children is paramount. Their priority is ushering their genes into the next fertile generation. Offspring, on the other hand, need not expend as much on their progenitors, for their genetic journey hinges far less on their parents' continued existence. Therein lies the asymmetry. A weighted scale of genetic interest directs selflessness one way more than the other. This is the enigma of the genetic agenda. Acts of sacrifice are strategic moves in the perpetual game of gene propagation. Genes orchestrate these deeds, not for the sake of the organism itself, but for the silent, selfish desire for replication that lies at the heart of all life. It's a cunning ploy, one where the gene leverages the guise of altruism to ensure its own enduring legacy. Part 9. The Synergy of Selflessness. How Cooperation Trumps Solitude in the Game of Genes. In the complex web of life, interactions often mimic the mechanics of a game. Some encounters are starkly competitive, a zero-sum clash where the fortunes of one directly diminish the other. When a cheetah lunges for an antelope, one will feast and the other will flee or fall. Yet not all of nature's exchanges are so cutthroat. Many are not zero-sum at all. Consider instead the non-zero-sum scenario, where each participant competes not against each other, but against an environmental bank stocked with the currency of survival be it food, shelter, or another form of sustenance. Here, rivalry needn't be the rule. Instead, organisms can find a mutual advantage in cooperation, choosing alliance over antagonism to outsmart the challenge before them. Cooperative strategies often arise in nature, where the game seems less like a duel and more like a dance. Organisms might traditionally compete, but in certain contexts they pair up, boosting their combined chances of survival. The resulting acts of mutual altruism, though fundamentally rooted in self-interest, pave a pathway to success for both parties. A striking suite unfolds between the hard-working ants and their unlikely partners, the aphids. As ants harvest the sweet liquid produced by these sap-sucking insects, they, in return, offer protection from predators. The relationship seems, at first glance, to be one-sided, but it's a symbiotic tango that enhances the well-being of both species. This dynamic has evolved so harmoniously that ants are known to nurture and shield young aphids within the safety of their colonies. A stark example of nature's cooperative trade-offs. In a world where solo survival bears heavy risks, such mutually altruistic behaviours shine as evolutionary triumphs. Through a prism of strategic self-interest, pairs or groups of organisms have cracked the code. Sometimes, it's the acts of apparent selflessness that open the vaults of the environmental bank, yielding a bounty that far outweighs what could be grasped alone. It's a sophisticated iteration of the genetic game, one where benevolence becomes just another move in the quest for genetic dominance. Part 10. Cultural Evolution how memes shape the human story. In the panorama of human existence, there's one feature that clearly sets us apart from the rest of the natural world, the rich tapestry of culture. Woven from strands as diverse as language, cuisine, fashion, rituals, and art, culture extends beyond the instinctive and survives not just to cater to our biological needs, but to fulfill something deeper. While our social structures and behaviors might echo the genetic dance of mutual altruism, 
they alone cannot unveil the sheer kaleidoscope of human cultural expression. Here, we find an evolutionary narrative playing out not in our DNA, but in the realm of ideas and traditions, a realm where the fundamental unit is not the gene, but the meme. A meme is a fragment of culture that has the capacity to endure, to be replicated, and to spread across minds and societies. It could be a catchy melody, a persuasive philosophical argument, or even a viral video that transcends borders and languages. Each meme competes for the valuable real estate of human attention, striving for memory and replication through our systems of communication and connection. As memes vie for dominance or coexistence, they can conglomerate into complex structures not unlike organisms themselves. Consider religions, with their intricate web of doctrines, symbols, and customs, all clustered around foundational memes that capture the essence of faith and divinity. This cultural lens even brings into focus seemingly counterintuitive human behaviors, such as celibacy, that stand at odds with our biological imperatives. Within the ecosystem of culture, driven by its own evolutionary pressures, such memes can thrive independently of genetic proclivities, carving out their niche in the mindscape of human societies. Memes, much like genes, are endlessly molded by their environment, and today's digital landscape proves fertile ground for an astonishing array of these cultural replicators. The internet has emerged as an evolutionary hotbed, where even a simple clip of a dancing cat can achieve a ubiquity and persistence that biologists could only marvel at. In the grand chronicle of life, the story of culture unfolds parallel to that of biology, guided by the selective forces acting upon its memes. It is through this prism of cultural evolution that we come to appreciate the depth and dynamism of human creativity the extraordinary capacity we have for shaping, sharing, and immersing ourselves in the collective inventions of the mind. Part 11. The Human Prospect. Leveraging Foresight Against Genetic Destiny. Within the relentless ebb and flow of evolutionary strategies lies a landscape where certain approaches, such as mutual altruism, yield a communal advantage. Stable strategies emerge survival spectacles, where hawkish aggression and dovish retreat each play their part. Yet, predictable patterns can give way to less advantageous outcomes when the cost of conflict weighs heavily on all. Caught in a world where hawks and doves spar over existence, it's clear that a ceaseless cycle of confrontation and retreat spells ruin for both parties. The hawks might triumph over the meeker doves, but their victory is pyrrhic, marred by the wounds of their own aggression. It's within this dilemma that a grand accord, a conspiracy of doves, becomes the most favorable outcome for the collective. By universally adopting the dove's flight, they eschew the transient gains of the hawk for the enduring safety of pacifism. Nature's creatures, blindly scripted by their genetic code, lack the capacity to conspire in this way. Genes lack foresight and cannot strategize beyond the immediate imperative to survive and replicate. A principled pact of universal peace is beyond their grasp. Humans, however, are a different matter. Our ability to anticipate, 
To envision the repercussions of today's actions on tomorrow's world sets us apart. This foresight, steeped in our culture and shared memes, gives us latitude to step beyond the strictures of biological programming. Though we harbor the same selfish genetic impulses found throughout the natural kingdom, it's our conscious insight that affords us the chance to transcend them. By recognizing the broader horizon, we can choose cooperation over competition, sustainability over short-term success. Through this, we are poised not just to engage in the conspiracy of doves, but to aspire to a higher tier of genuine altruism that lies outside the realm of biological instinct. As architects of our destinies, wielding the pen of foresight, we have the opportunity to chart a new course, one that navigates the pitfalls of our genetic inheritance and steers toward a future shaped by intention, collaboration, and shared prosperity. It is in this potential for conscious defiance of our genetic imperatives that rests the true essence of humanity's evolutionary journey. Final Summary At the heart of this narrative is an elegant yet formidable truth. Evolution is a saga written in the language of genes, selfish entities engaged in an unrelenting quest for their own propagation. With every beat of wings, every sprint across the savannah, every chameleon's shifting colors, we glimpse the genetic imperative manifest as a diverse pageant of life. Through the lens of this book, we have unraveled the very processes shrouding evolution, revealing how the struggle for existence hinges not upon the organism, but upon the indomitable gene. This immortal unit, capable of replication, is the true protagonist in the theater of natural selection. But what does this drive for genetic continuance mean for the behaviors we observe in nature's denizens? We discover that organisms, while appearing as individual actors, are in fact elaborate vessels, collaborative endeavors orchestrated by the concert of genes within. Behavior, whether it's a bird's flight from danger or a mother's tender nurturance, is the strategic output of the gene's programming, all directed toward the singular goal of survival and replication. We've seen how behavioral patterns stabilize within populations, shaped by strategies that range from ruthless combat to sophisticated cooperation. In some cases, such cooperation can even transcend the immediate genetic benefit, fostering a mutualism that thrives beyond the sum of its parts. Applying this notion to the human dominion, we recognize the threads of evolutionary theory woven into the fabric of our own culture. Memes, bearers of cultural information, evolve and vie for dominance just as genes do, shaping the collective human experience. Our traditions, beliefs, and shared ideas are subject to the same relentless evolutionary pressures that mold the living world. Yet, as rational creatures, we possess a unique weapon, foresight. With this power, we can choose to defy the genetic imperatives of the past for a vision of the future more aligned with our shared well-being. The genes within us may be self-serving, but our humanity is defined by our ability to rise above this base programming toward a collective ideal, a conspiracy of doves, charting a cooperative course through the uncharted waters of cultural evolution.
Thank you for joining me today on this journey of learning and discovery as we explored the insights of another thought-provoking book in our growing library of knowledge. If you've enjoyed our time together, please take a moment to follow our podcast, give us a five-star rating, and share 20-minute books with other knowledge seekers. Your support truly means a lot. Don't forget to join me again in the next episode, where we will delve into another enriching book. Until then, happy reading and happy listening.